we are excited that you joined us for worship today. Whether you are online or in person, welcome. If you are new with us, please, after the service, if you're at an in-person service, stop by our Welcome Center where it says, New Here, Start Here. We have a free gift for you there. Well, our mission here at Living Word Chapel is to love, empower, and transform lives through the Living Word. Our go-to scripture is Joshua 1.8 that says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will prosperous and be successful. Amen. The word of God is what changes lives and which one of us doesn't want to be successful. God brings success. Talking about being excited, uh, we have a couple of events that are coming up. On July the 24th, we're having a night of worship here at the Oracle campus. The Bible tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. And so where his people are praising him, God shows up. So we are anticipating some wonderful things. We're inviting all of you to be out here. Uh, it's going to be a great, great night. And then on August the 1st, we're launching our first uh, morning service at the Kearney campus at 11 a.m. Uh, we are so stoked about that. We're believing for great things. Uh, so if you're in the Copper Basin area, I'm in Kearney, Hayden, Winkleman, Superior, in that area, we'd love to invite you to come and worship with us at 11 a.m. At Living Word Chapel, generosity is one of our core values. Uh, we strive to model generosity because we understand that everything we have comes from God. Uh, so he allows us to be a blessing and a steward of his blessing. So when you give, uh, you're just being the hands and the feet and, uh, and just being the extension of the great things of Jesus Christ. But if you're new with us, let me say this to you. Don't feel any pressure at all uh, to give because you are the gift to us today. Thank you for being here. Sit back, relax, enjoy the service. Uh, we just believe that you're home. God has a great thing for you today. So as we get ready to do what we came here to do, if you're comfortable, if you'll stand with us, I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for today. Thank you that we have breath, Lord, that you've given us breath, Lord. And Father, I am thankful that we can take this breath and we can sing praises to your name. We can worship you, Lord with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our soul, Lord God. We wanna worship you this morning. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Move in our service. Be with our and the team as they lead us this morning, God. Father, I pray for minds and hearts to be open to receive the word, the message that you have today, Father, especially for marriages, God, today. We pray that, that, that there is breakthrough in marriages, Lord God, for your glory. And we thank you in advance for what you're going to do and what you're already doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. 
Yeah, what, it, what does it say? So it says hallelujah, like hallelujah, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and what's your name? Zoe. Like share, but one word. Okay. All right, go ahead. Because okay. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. <laughs> I raise oh, okay, a hallelujah. Okay, okay, okay. I wasn't done yet. <laughs> I feel that was strong. Are you always that angry when you sing? Meh. Sometimes. <laughs> well, I, for one, was very moved by your performance, dog. Always loved you, Cheryl. I love, love the you. props. Thank so you. So I'm going to start you. off the judging by giving you your first yes. Kay. Your first and hopefully your last. It's a no for me. Yeah, that's a hallelujah no for me. I, I really hope you can find somebody who can sing, like bring down the house, like every time. 
Hi, uh, what's your name? My name is Meryl. Meryl, okay, all right, well, go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm just a little nervous. That's, that's totally understandable. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrender now. I give you everything. Okay, I think that's enough. You're good. Uh, oh, oh, really? No, yeah, that's... Uh, I'm a little nervous. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to say that's probably a no from me. Before I give you my answer, what is with this get-up? Um, I wear this hat to block out the haters. Well, I'm sorry to say you're definitely going to need it. Not to mention, it's very pitchy. It's a no from me. Well, I totally disagree with both of them. Thank you. I think you look wonderful in that get-up. Thank you. And you have an awesome voice, and I think you're going somewhere Thank with you. it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thankfully, the vote is no. All right, thank you for this opportunity. I'll be back next year. Hopefully not. Next. Whoa. Hey. Hi. So what's your name? My name is Bart. Bart. Cool yeah. name. Um, who, who, who inspires you to sing, Bart? To sing? I'm, I'm actually not singing this time. Oh. I'm going to play my guitar. And uh, I'd say uh, I'd say that guy on the worship team, he plays guitar too. Um, what do you mean guy? No, not that guy. The other guy. Oh, Art. Yeah. Art, Art. Yeah, that guy. I feel like I know him from somewhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been playing for a long time. So, um, yeah. All right. Go ahead, whenever you're ready. Oh, hold on. I, I got to tune real quick. That's all I have done. I think we know what our answer is. No. Well, that was awesome. Uh, yeah. Not that it has anything to do with what we're going to be talking about, but hey, great video. Great video. Yeah, I'm just glad that we don't have those individuals on the stage, right? Yeah, so we are in our second part of the In It to Win It series, and we're going to be talking about marriage today. And I thought that uh, because of Sean and I, we've been married, it'll be 35 years in October, that we have a little bit to say about marriage. Amen? We have a little bit to say. And uh, so we know the good, the bad, and she knows the ugly as well. Uh, but, but I just believe that God gives us the remedy for a marriage that wins. And I want to start out by saying this. God has not called you to a perfect marriage because there's no one that's perfect except for Jesus. Right. But he's called you to a winning marriage. 
You know, Jesus in uh, John 10.10, he said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But then he said, I have, given, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. That means he wants to give you a life where you win. So um, I just think that God has a, a word for people today. So online campus, uh, just get ready for, for God to speak into your life. And we're going to start out with uh, kind of a, a foundational text that I use all the time when, when we're talking about marriage because it's, it's where we need to start, it's where we need to move forward in, and it's where we need to finish our marriage. So I'm gonna be reading uh, Genesis chapter two, 18 through 25. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there, your smart devices, you can follow along on the screens. I'm gonna start in verse 18. <clears throat> then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them, and the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and brought her to the man. At last, the man explained, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Amen. Amen. There's so much in there. There's, there's such depth in that passage. And when, when you're preparing for marriage, I don't know if we have anyone in first service or maybe, maybe you're listening online, uh, that you're getting ready to, to venture into that next step of marriage. This is what you need to know that God has given us a design in his word when he, when he created man and woman to, to have victory in, in life. You know, marriage is so central to, to society. Where, where marriages are will tell you where society is. Uh, we were talking this morning in our elders' uh, prayer, and we were talking about how important it is for us as elders uh, to be leading in a way of integrity. And where we are as elders is where the congregation will be. And the same thing with marriage. Where you are in your marriage is where your families will be, it's where your, your cities will be, and where your country will be. So we want to make America great, let's make marriages great. Amen. You want to make your, your communities great, let's get back to the basics and making our marriages as strong as they can. And, uh, and so we put together four keys that we believe will unlock God's victorious power for your marriage. Yes, and I don't think anybody ever sets out to in marriage to lose, kind of like Matt said last week. We're in it to win it. And so uh, we are far from perfect, um, but we have been married for 35 years. We got married very young, and we were married um, and not walking with the Lord. So, um, you know, we kind of experienced both before Christ and after. So our prayer is that these four keys that we share with you today 
will just help you uh, along in your marriage. If you are married or if you're thinking about getting married, um, I pray that God will speak to you this morning. Amen. Amen. So here's the first key. Okay, we're going to unlock some things, okay? The first key is uh, nurture a personal and as well as a mutual relationship with Jesus Christ. To nurture, when you think about what nurturing is, is you care, you're caring for something, right? You're also not only caring, you encourage that something to grow. So we nurture an infant, right? We take care of it. In fact, that infant is helpless without you. And you encourage it to grow progressively to become into a, a young boy or a young girl and then to progressively become more mature. It's the same thing with marriage. We have to, we have to be nurturing our relationship with the one who matters. And the one who matters in our, in our lives is God. And so uh, the key to winning always starts with God. T tell, tell someone that's by you, God knows best. Because he does. God knows best. And uh, your relationship with God is the most important one in your life. Every healthy relationship derives from your relationship with God. And, and as, you, as you're in relation with God, as you're in covenant with God, and that's what marriage is. Marriage is a covenant relationship. When it talks about the man and the woman were, were one flesh, they were united, that's a word for covenant right there. And so when, when you come into marriage, you come into a covenant relationship, just like that only other re covenant relationship which we have with God Almighty. And so that's so important. Do you remember last week, Matthew, and I'm sorry, I can't sit real good when I'm yeah. preaching, but uh, uh, last week, Matthew talked about, it's okay for you to be uh, single, but it's not good for you to be alone. Remember he said that? So that comes straight from the word of God. In the, in the creation story, in the creation account, God talks and, he, and he's creating. And everything that he makes, he says, this is good. And then when he makes man and woman, he says, this is very good, right? The only place that he says it's not good is verse 18 of chapter 2. And he said, it is not good for the man to be alone. So if you're here today and... Um, you are experiencing loneliness, single or married. You know, I, I felt very lonely in the first years of my marriage because we were not walking with God. And, but this morning, God is calling you to relationship and community. So it's God that created you for relationship. He called you to community, and you can be married, like I said, again, and you can feel alone. Um, you know, until I started experiencing that one-on-one that -on -one relation, well, until I surrendered my life to the Lord first. Amen. But until I started experiencing that personal relationship with the Lord, um, you know, I, I, didn't even, I didn't even know what, it, what marriage was supposed to look like. I just thought that's how you were supposed to feel. But God is always calling us to himself first. And it's in relationship with God that we find what matters. His character, his attributes. And those attributes that we know, some of you know this, but if you don't, are love, peace, joy, patience, faithfulness, long-suffering, self-control. These are things that are not modeled in the world. Right. In fact, the opposite 
is what we see in the world outside of Christ. So we don't know what love is until we know God. And I've said this quite a few times to, to young people I've met with or even couples. You know, until you know God, you don't know love. The Bible is very clear on that, that God is love. So anything outside of that is kind of something that we've made up, a feeling. But it's not the kind of love that will get us through the tough times. Um, we don't know uh, what peace is until we've experienced the peace that surpasses all understanding. We don't know what faithfulness is without God. I didn't know what it was without God. Or understand the benefits of long-suffering. I mean, you know, we don't quit. I mean, so many people nowadays, and, 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 and I know marriages go bad, and I know there's one spouse that may be wanting it to work and the other one doesn't, but nowadays, you just people just quit. Like, it's not working out. I don't feel like I love him anymore. I don't feel this way. So let's just end it. Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, gives us long-suffering. Like, we suffer through the good and the bad and the ugly together. Amen. We can exercise self-control with the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will continue to win in your marriage when these become a fruit of your life. But we can never experience these things without Jesus in our lives. Yeah, yeah. And I want to just touch a little bit on suffering long mm -hmm. because there are seasons in, in, in our lives as individuals, but especially in our marriages, when you seem to be suffering for a long time. Mm -hmm. And you can only overcome that through the power of, of the Lord. That's right. I mean, you may be in here and, and, and maybe your, your, your spouse has been going through an illness or an ailment and it's, it's been a long time. And, and not only is she or he suffering, but you're suffering alongside of them. Uh, I can remember walking someone through a, uh, through a marital uh, a difficulty and, and the wife had terminal cancer. And the husband was contemplating and just struggling in his, in his relationship. And the wife would call me from New Mexico and say, can you please talk to my husband? And I said, just hold on. Just hold on. I would tell the husband, just hold on. I know right now it's difficult, but just hold on. And he said, I can't take it anymore. And he ended up leaving her, divorcing her, and going on to another relationship. And uh, she died about, you know, three or four months after that. And, you know, if, if he would have just held on, he could have seen her through uh, that difficulty and, and the time of her death. And here's the thing, that all of us are capable and vulnerable to make choices like that. Yes, that's right. I, I'm not here to knock anybody down. In fact, I've walked him since that time through, uh, through some, some times in his life and just poured Jesus into him because Jesus is a restorer, not a destroyer. That's right. The enemy is a destroyer, right? So we just need to hold on to that. That's right. And we have people in here from all different backgrounds. Some of you have been married forever. Some of you have maybe lost your spouse. Some of you have been divorced. Um, and some of you are still single. The most important thing, and Matt, Matt said it very well last week, is that you heal from your past. See, I, like, we've seen people come to us broken, the spouse wanting the marriage to work, one spouse and the other spouse walking away, saying, I don't want to even try. And we're not responsible for that. Like, we can't make people stay married to us. But you have to heal from that past pain. 
in order to move forward and into whatever is next. I can remember talking to this young lady. She was so broken. And she would tell me, I'll never be happy again. I'll never be happy again. Her husband walked away from her 19 years of marriage, left their house and never went back. Never. Never. And she now is at a place in her life where God has just blessed her with a man that loves her. Um, they're building a beautiful home. And we'll talk now, and she'll say, you know, you were right, Shauna. God never left me. He was so faithful. And the scripture God gave her to hold on to during that time was be still and know that I am God. Amen. Amen. I want you to jot this down if you, don't, if, if you don't have it in your notes. God created marriage so that husbands and wives could win together. Did you know that? God doesn't want for marriages to fail. We need to know that. When it said it's not good for man to be alone, God desires, desires for us to win. He wants for you to win as an individual, but he wants for you to win in, in, in marriage he wants for your children and your adult, you know, uh, children to, to, to witness victory in life. And we can only have that with God. So if you're, if you're, wet, if you're ready or weddy, whichever one you want to go with, ready, if, you, if you're ready to win, guess what you do? You partner with God. Amen. Right? Mm -hmm. And the enemy of our souls, the devil, will play havoc. He'll play havoc to try to distort this truth. What did the devil do to Adam and Eve? What did he do with Eve? He spoke to her and he said, did God really say? Right. He wants to keep you from this fruit. Did, did, the enemy comes into our life. Did God really say that you can't really talk to another woman? Did God really say that you can't talk to another man? Did God really say? He wants to keep these good things from you. That's what chapter 3 in Genesis is all about. In fact, diabolos, where we get the word diablo, where we get the word devil from, means one who penetrates and separates. So the enemy wants to drive a wedge in the most important relationships that we have. The relationships that matter to you the most, the devil is playing havoc to come and destroy them. So the way that you overcome that is through the word of truth. The word of truth has to be our, gu our guide because when, when, if the enemy comes in, he, he wants to destroy marriages because when marriages thrive, families thrive. When, when marriages thrive, communities thrive. When, when marriages are winning, everybody wins. And that's why at Living Word Chapel, we are, we are so focused, we're intentional about helping not only individuals, but marriages win. And we have to know what does God's word say? You know, I, I love, Shauna talked about the attributes, but I, I love the names of God. When we, how, how do we know God? We know God as Father. He's our Heavenly Father. Think about it, Abba, Daddy. We know God as Savior. We know him as, as, as Lord, as Curios, Supreme in Authority. We know him as our, our friend. God is your friend. He's our, the Holy Spirit is our counselor. He's our helper. And in those names of God, I have a father who cares about me. Think about it. He, he thinks about family. In that, we have a, a savior. He wants to save me from all the pitfalls that this world brings. We have a Lord, one that's, that's over everything. There's nothing that you will face, that's nothing that your marriage will face that is bigger than God. God is bigger than anything we'll face. 
We have a friend in God. Think about it. Jesus said, not only will you call me master and Lord, but you can call me friend. We have a helper in the Holy Spirit. He wants to come alongside and help. And we have a counselor. Lord, I don't know what to do right now. The Holy Spirit says, talk to me. I'll help you. I will show you what you need to do. So, so as, we, as we walk in this, we, we understand that God doesn't want us to be lonely. He, he taught me. I, didn't, I had no idea about this when I got married. I had no clue that this was the way I was supposed to live. We got married. We had six years of hell. She, I put her through six years of hell because I didn't have any God. And the thing about my wife, and, and, and she'll say this, is that she is the master of anything you can do, I can do better. better. <laughs> you know, you want to do that, I can do it too. You want to go there, I can go there too. Because anything you can do, I can do better. better. Not good. Not good. And so we, so we, 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 we broke trust. We broke trust. And, and the second key is the opposite. Yeah, so first key is nurture your relationship with the Lord. That's the most important thing. And then second is build trust. When we build trust, our marriages win. You can never grow in intimacy without trust. And we'll talk a little bit more about intimacy in a little bit. But Genesis 2.24 says this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Amen. One. <clears throat> so for this reason, a man, Mel, leaves his father, Mel, and mother, female, and is joined to his wife, female, then the two become one flesh. This is God's beautiful design. And in this design, we see where God has initiated trust to be foundational for it to grow. I mean, there's immediately a, a, a oneness, a unity. And the enemy will come in all directions to break the trust in a relationship. Because it it's, it's probably one of the most important things other than the relationship with the Lord. So it says, leave father and mother, put your trust in God, leave mother and father and begin to trust in each other. And our parents and even our family can sometimes drive a wedge in our relationships. I know none of you have ever experienced that, but when we got married, that was out of order. Like La Latino Mama, parents. Mamacita was at the top of the list. And, you know, and I was down and it just was the way that he he was brought up, and, um, and that's not the case. I mean, um, you know, we leave our father and mothers, and, uh, you know, we begin to build trust in our, in our relationships. You know, I, I've always said, and, and sometimes people give me an evil eye, you know, you need to move away from your family for at least the first few years when you get married. Um, so you can really learn to trust each other, and you can't run home to mommy and daddy every time something bad happens, you know. Now, my kids have been gone for long enough. It's time to move back uh, close to mommy and daddy. But, um, and I say point to the scriptures. Yeah, right. So if your marriage relation, in your marriage relationship or in our marriage relationship, we continue to build trust. And we've said this before through the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, you know, some of our most painful experience, 
experiences in life have helped us grow in our trust uh, in each other. Right? Amen, amen. And, and there, are, there are two, in life there are two great motivators. Think with me. What are, what are the greatest motivations for, for us in life? Pain and pleasure. Pain will make you go places that you didn't want to go. Pain will keep you away from the people and the one who matters. Right? It, it, will, it will make you do things that you didn't want to do. And, and pleasure is another great motivator. You know, some people live their life for pleasure and nothing else. They don't think about, you know, how can I please my spouse? I, I had to learn, I had to learn, number one, I had to learn how do I please my wife? That was so... That was not even in my, in my reasoning before I came to God. Our, our reasoning was, how do I please myself? Yeah. Yeah, Shauna lived her life. How do, I, and, how do and, I please myself? How do I deal with myself? Amen. You know, so we, we did not recognize the oneness that you're supposed to have in a marriage. Yeah. That I needed to be more concerned about pleasing him. And he needed to be more concerned about pleasing me. Yeah. Um, and um, that the pain was there to help us grow, not to tear us apart and separate us. Because, you know, whether we're walking with the Lord or not, we're going to have pain. We live in a world that's full of pain and suffering and trials. And we had a lot of pain. I had a lot of pain um, before I surrendered my life to Christ. I, I buried five family members in, in, a, in a year and a half. And so I was numb and until I understood that Jesus wanted to take that pain and make me better, heal me, make me stronger and better um, so that I could help other people when they were in that place of pain and so that it could make our marriage stronger. Amen. Um, many of you know, because I've, I've shared it with, with the congregation, that, that my life my childhood was rocked with some marital things. Mm -hmm. And so my trust, my trust issues, because of that pain, I didn't trust women. And, and I loved my mom. She's an amazing lady. Uh, and when, when, when we ministered to her later on in life, when we got saved, we brought her to some forgiveness that, that she needed for her life. But I needed that forgiveness, and I didn't even know how to even grasp that before Jesus. So, so how we dealt with that pain before Christ almost destroyed our marriage because I had triggers. And those triggers, those triggers were not healthy triggers. They were not biblical triggers. So I would guard myself because of my trust issues and I would just, just do things that were unbiblical. And that's, that's when we're talking about healing from your past. You know, um, there had been unfaithfulness in his family and he thought every woman would be unfaithful. Like, that's how he viewed women. So he, he had no trust for me. And so that's, that was the foundation that we started in our marriage because he had, he had pain in his life from his past. And I know there's some of you in here today that you have pain from your past. You know, uh, our, our parents uh, let us down, not intentionally. They don't know what they're doing, but they let us down. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage you today that uh, you... You can heal from your past. Yeah, and let me say this. That's not a knock on my parents. That's a, that's a glorification of the goodness of God. Amen. Because God, God is, is every generation, he's looking for that person that will, that will cry out to him. 
And, and God met me where I needed to be met. See, um, I didn't have the, the tools, and we didn't, have, we didn't use the tools. I didn't, I didn't have them because I didn't know Jesus uh, to deal with the, the, the pain with truth. So you know how I dealt with pain? I dealt with it through, through lies and manipulation, mm-hmm. right? Guarded. When you're guarded, you'll do anything to keep yourself guarded, whether it's lying about it or manipulating to get out of it. And so when, when God, uh, when, when he came into my life through Jesus Christ, uh, he began to heal me from the inside out. And then that's where the healing begins. And so I, I'm just, I just want you to know that God is continuously, progressively moving us from that healing into a place where your oneness mm-hmm. becomes one where it's led with truth Amen. and grace and compassion. And this whole picture that's painted that, you know, you move into this house and there's a white picket fence and you live happily ever after, young people, that is not the truth. Um, there is not a happy ever after. There is a, um, there is a peace and love and joy that comes from the Lord. But um, he never told us uh, that we would be happy. He just tells us he'll give us everything we need to get through what we're facing in life. Right, right. And, and, and our pain is a roadblock to your, your faith in each other mm-hmm. and especially your faith in the one that matters, and that's God. That's right. See, people that haven't dealt with their pain haven't, haven't dealt this way with God. Because when he comes in and heals, then he makes this right. Amen? We've got to get this right to get this right. And let me say something that's important also. Little things matter. You got to deal with the little things. Because if we don't, they become what? Big things. They become big things. Big things. And so one of the things that we try to be intentional about, Sean and I, is we try to deal with the little things mm-hmm. before they become big things. And, uh, and, there's, and there's so many things that, uh, that, that, you know, sometimes you have to have those hard conversations. Right? And men are notorious for not wanting to converse mm-hmm. sometimes. Right. You know, we just don't want to talk about it. And women want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so you learn that it's important to talk about it. But it's also important for wives to know that in God's time. Yeah. And in the, the husband's time. And then once you get in there, then you can have those conversations, which is important. Well, especially for us, because I'm married to a pastor. So when we go to sit down and have those hard conversations... I'll say, I don't need three points. I don't want three points. Just listen to what I have to say. But on a, so I on a serious it. note. <laughs> true story. A true story. Um, but on a serious note, you know, um, trust, you know, we, I think we didn't have it for so long. So when we finally had it and, and we started to build on that, that was something that I never wanted to let go of because it's so important. And you have to be transparent and you have to be real. You know, when we came to the Lord, we had a lot of garbage, a lot of yuck. And we allowed God to bring all the lies, all the hidden things to the service. We had no surface. We had no idea we would be doing full-time marriage, um, full-time ministry. Or marriage. Or marriage. Yeah, we did, we did, part, time, we did part-time yeah. marriage before we found Jesus. But, <laughs> You know, God, oh, I'm married to you? God brought all these hidden things to the surface and healed them. 
And we were very honest. And, I, and I'll tell you, we were so honest that had God not been involved, yeah. we would not have stayed married. I don't know if we'd give that advice to everybody but the I'm way we did say, it. But I'm going to say... Don't go home and tell your spouses everything you've ever done. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, not, we're not telling you to do that. But if there's a block in your oneness, I'll tell you right now, it's because trust is broken and there's untruth in your relationship. Yeah. So my advice to you is to find a trusted friend or a... Life coach. Life coach, somebody that you can talk to, that you can be honest. And I don't care how old you are. Amen. Those hidden things rip you off of what God intended your marriage to be. Yeah. You know, we also had to learn how to please each other. The Bible says this in, in, in Ephesians chapter 5. It says, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And gave his life for her. That's radical. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm called to love my wife the way Jesus loved the church, the way he loved me. And he gave his life, he sacrificed his life for me. That was completely just back, just upside down thinking in my life. And that's, that's what God called. You know, he calls wives to respect, submit yourself to your husband as to the Lord. Whoo, that's radical. Mm -hmm. And when that's happening, when that's working through the power of the Holy Spirit, it, it, it helps marriage. Not only helps, it enables marriages to win and to win big. That's why the devil doesn't want that to be happening. Um, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a guy in the Bible named Enoch in Genesis, and he walked with God. And what it says about Enoch is, is, is just incredible when you grab a hold of it. This is what it says. The message paraphrase puts it like this in uh, uh, chap Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6, talking about Enoch. It says, by an act of faith, now look at this, trust, by an act of faith, Enoch skipped death completely. In other words, he didn't die. They looked all over and they couldn't find him because God had taken him. And we know on the basis of reliable testimony that before he was taken, he, say it with me, he what? He pleased God. In other words, he's, lived, he's lived, lived his life to please. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. And here's what I know for sure. God cares about you. He cares about what you're going through. And he wants to come alongside and help us. So we need to be intentional about learning what pleases our spouse. Um, again, if marriage is based on what pleases me, uh, not only are you not going to have the marriage God intended you to have, but your pleasures are going to lead you down a different road. If you're, if you're seeking to please yourself, uh, then that's really giving the, the enemy a, a foothold in your relationship. So do you know what pleases your spouse? Have you had those conversations? And yeah, this is physical, but not only physical. There's a lot of other areas. The men are like, yeah. yeah. Um, but let me, let me tell you, you're, you're not yours. You're your spouse's. And if you get a mindset where you think you don't have to satisfy or please your husband, after you've had those conversations in physical, emotional, all those areas, um, you're allowing the enemy to, to not give you that oneness 
that we're supposed to have in marriage. So have those hard conversations. Talk about it. Um, you know, uh, we meet with many, many, many couples, and the way that the enemy breaks down hugely their relationship is communication and intimacy. And we get this mindset somewhere along the line that I, I'm not concerned about pleasing my spouse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what, what pleases me. So listening and learning to each other builds security and acceptance. And it can never be a guessing game. We all have insecurities. I don't care who you are. You have an insecurity. And if we don't talk about it, the enemy can take those insecurities and work against our trust in our marriage. Amen. How we build trust is critical. So, you know, things that we've done, we're intentional about praying together. Um, the enemy doesn't want for you to pray together. The times that we haven't, have been the times we've felt the most separated from one another. I'll tell you that right now. So praying together is critical. No hidden things. No hidden things. My phone is an open book to him. It, I can lay it on the table. No hidden things. Don't hide things your kids are doing from your spouse. Worst thing you can do. And if you have, God forgives you. But no hidden things. Your unit your unit needs to be strong and not divided. Quick to forgive. Quick to forgive. Have till midnight. Right. Till the sun goes down. Um, I was know, just going to say that. But, uh, you know, forgiveness is, is so critical because, you know, there's two imperfect people living together in a house. Things are going to happen. You're going to get upset. And so just be quick to forgive. Our third key is serving each other. Um, when we serve each other, our marriages win. Ruth Graham puts it like this. A great marriage is made up of two great givers and forgivers. I love that. So not only did God say it's not good for the man to be alone, but he also said in Genesis 2.18, I will make a helper who is just right for him. So in God's design, he never intended for a dog to be a, be a man's best friend, although we love our dogs. But if you're treating your dog better than your spouse, there's a problem. There's a problem. Come talk to us. Or for children to have a stronger bond with one parent than their spouse. Talk about a house being divided. Yeah. Like it was, it's never supposed to be like that. Yeah. And I would tell the kids, I mean, when they'd say, Mom, please don't tell Dad, I'd say, I'm not, but you are. You're going to tell Dad, because I'm not going to hide it from him. So I'll cook him a good meal and feed his tummy, but then you go tell him what you need to tell him. Because our children should be, I'm going to say it, I know it's going to hurt some of you, raised to what? Believe. Believe. Not that's, to cleave. That's healthy. Yes. So my question to you is, do you ever look at your spouse and say, God made you just right for me? God made you just right. Made you just right for, for me, me too. How you view your spouse, what you speak into your marriage will determine the way your marriage will be. So if you're looking at your spouse, we're going to talk about this in a minute, as your enemy... You're not looking at your spouse as your helper. What's happening? 
the enemy's winning. Genesis 2.19, this is God's design. I'm reading it straight from the word of God. The Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper just right for him. So if you're here today or you're watching online and your spouse is here, I want you to look at your spouse and I want you to say that. God made you just right for me. Do it. Oh. Oh. No punching. I see that. <laughs> God made you just right for me. <laughs> Somebody's using some jujitsu over there. Yeah. God <laughs> made your helper. Yeah. She or he is fearfully and wonderfully made by God to listen compliment you, not complete you. Amen. That needs to be said again. Jesus' job is to complete you. Amen. Your husband and your wife's job is to compliment you, to make you better. So don't put the pressure on your spouse to complete you. They don't have that kind of power. When we realize that we are each other's greatest help outside of God, it makes our marriage all that God called it to be. Don't compare yourself to others. Be content with you and be content with your spouse. See, if you're not secure in who you are, remember I talked about insecurities? Then that's going to come out at your spouse. All your insecurities are going to be everything that you're telling your spouse they need to become or they need to be. I didn't understand what security was until I started to nurture that relationship with Jesus and I started to understand who I was as his child. Then that security came into my life. Yeah. And now my security is not based on him. I love him. I love him with everything. He's my best friend. I'm your hubby. You're my hubby. But he's, he's to compliment me. He does not complete me. Only yeah. Jesus can do that. So always guard yourself. It's easier to critique each other than it is to build each other up. Now, I know nobody in first service. No, first service don't struggle with that. that. Second service? Yeah. Yeah. But I want, you to, I want to challenge you this morning. When you wake up in the morning, if your first thought is to tell your spouse everything that you think they should be doing, take a step back. Zippel the lippo and say, you're my helper. That God made. That God made. You're not my enemy. So God calls us to be intentional about encouraging each other. When we're not secure and content with ourselves, we're tempted to criticize our spouse because of our insecurities. So when we set the critical words aside, as well as the unrealistic expectations and serve one another with that mindset that the pers this person is my helper, not my enemy. It changes everything. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I think about the Shauna I'm married to today is amazingly different than the Shauna I married when I was 19. Amazingly different. The, the, the man that she's married to is different than the man she married when she was 18. But we look at each other through a different lens. 
I, I see her as a child of, of the Most High God, and she sees me as a child of God as well. And so we, we come to the fourth, fourth key, and, and I know that, uh, that, you know, we don't have much time, and you're probably going to say, why didn't you start with that key first? Some people will say that. You know, he, here, here is the, the fourth key, and it's so important for marriage. It's, you need to strive for a naked marriage. And, and don't, don't freak out. I know, where, I know what's coming, but, but this is biblical. The guys are all, hey, honey, did you hear that? Did you hear that, babe? Did you? Here, here, this is biblical. I'm not saying anything to you that the Bible doesn't say. But here's the thing, is that the world is very loud about it, of sexual intimacy, and the church is silent about it. And, and I, I remember preaching a series on, on, on pure sex a couple years ago, and I had a, a, about an 80-year-old individual come, a man came and spoke to me. He said, if I would have heard that, if we would have heard that when we were young, we never heard anything like that about how sexual intimacy is so important to our marriage. Um, there's some wonderful uh, marriage coaches, uh, Dave and Ashley Willis, listen to them all the time. They have a, a podcast called The Naked Marriage, and, and, and they said this, lust will look at someone to be used, Love looks at someone as a soul to be cherished. And let me say something that, that God wants to build intimacy in our relationships. In fact, marriages that have very healthy sexual intimacy have winning marriages. I'm going to say that. And so often we're taught um, growing up, I mean, I did it with my kids, you know, don't have sex before marriage. Then it's kind of viewed as bad, and that's true. We don't, we're not, we shouldn't. Well, it's not bad, it's no, no, wrong. No, no. Well, yeah, I'm going right? to say okay. that, yeah. But that's what we were taught. So I think we have viewed that, that it's bad. But in marriage, it's a gift from God. It's good in marriage. And not just sexual intimacy, but there, there's four different kinds of intimacy. There's emotional, there's physical, spiritual, and mental so these are all areas of intimacy and relationships that we need. Amen. Amen. So you need to know that, um, that God's design for your marriage is a victorious design. Can we settle that? And, uh, and we can only have that victory as we nurture our relationship with God personally and as a married couple. Build trust serve each other, and strive. I'm going to say this. Strive to have a naked marriage where you're intimate sexually. And, and, and that right there will safeguard. Hey, let me say this. You will safeguard your marriage from other avenues that want to come in if you have a healthy, intimate life. You really will. But all of us, we need help in one area or another, Right? All of us. There's seasons where I need help. I need people to come alongside and, and pray for me, and, and I need the help of God. And so we are going to, to uh, in this closing song, we're going to have some, some time of prayer. And it's prayer for anybody that needs prayer because God wants to meet us. Amen? Amen. He, he wants to help us because we should be living victorious lives. But if you're, if you're married here and you want specialized prayer, I'm going to have the elders and their wives come up at this time. And uh, let's just believe that God is going to do something radically incredible in your life for his glory. Amen? So elders and wives, if you'll come at this time. And...
to do something um, because I think we always need prayer over our marriages you know sometimes you know everything's going good and we feel like everything's great but I am going to pray over all the marriages in here today and then I'm going to ask um, that you just stretch a hand and you pray with me for our elders and their wives and my husband and myself for our marriages as we are on the front lines of ministry, we always need prayer. Um, so, God, I thank you for everybody in here this morning, Lord. I pray for everyone in here, Lord. God, I pray especially, though, for the marriages that are represented in this room today, God. Lord, you've given us the tools that we need through your word to have victorious marriages. So Father, I thank you that as we've listened to your word today about nurturing our relationship with you, building trust, serving one another, and being just open and honest in our relationships, in the intimacy, Lord. I pray for your 
protection. I pray for truth, Lord, for any wedges or any any uh, things that have tried to come in to, to separate. God, you know what those things are. You know if they're there. So I lift up the marriages in this room, Lord God. I pray your protection. Thank you for strong marriages, God. Father, I just pray they continue to look to you to be their strength and their source of everything. And Lord, as we stretch a hand to all our leaders, our elders and their wives, the pastors and their wives, the worship team, all of those that, that serve on a front line here at Living Word Chapel, I pray for marriages, God. Lord, I pray that we will see ourselves how you see us, God. And Lord, that we will grow together through the pains in life that come and they will come, that we'll grow stronger. And Lord, that we will seek to please one another, serve one another, God, and be those strong houses, those lighthouses that you've called us to be in this community. Lord, I pray your protection. I pray for your glory to be seen in the lives of the marriages represented here at Living Word Chapel. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We'll go ahead and dismiss the service at this time, and we pray that your week will be filled with the love of God, and let's take this out with us, and let's shine bright for Jesus, amen? God bless you. God bless you.